You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Thursday morning in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Time once again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, your trusty, if not talented, host of the program. Fresh from BamaOnline.com where I serve as the senior analyst for the Alabama-affiliated website there on the 247sports.com network. The show is always brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. If you're looking for a shareable, as they say in the business, a shareable treat option, get by there and get one of those caramel-coated, chocolate-dipped Granny Smith apples. Yes, outstanding. It gets you thinking about Halloween coming up here before you know it. And have the Mississippi State Bulldogs in Tuscaloosa on Halloween 2020. Those caramel-coated, chocolate-dipped apples. You can get a little graham cracker crust maybe on the outside there. Maybe some walnuts. Just about any topping you want, they can do for you. They can customize those caramel-coated, chocolate-dipped apples for you there at Peterbrook Chocolate Tier. Joined, as always, on the program by executive producer Joe Gaither, who together we combine to form the 60-minute of Sports Talk. Radio. A lot to get into on this Thursday. We have Brent Beard on Thursday this week. We wanted to get you primed for the upcoming college football weekend, which kicks off tonight down in South Florida with the Miami Hurricanes hosting your Blazers of your upcoming college football weekend, which kicks off tonight down in South Florida with the Miami Hurricanes hosting your Blazers of UAB. Bill Clark looking to go down there and make a little bit of a statement. And hey, why not? I mean, the last time we saw Miami, what exactly did we see for Manny Diaz's team? Should be a different look with De'Eric King at quarterback for Miami tonight. So uh, you've got college football. The problem with college football tonight, and we're going to talk with Brent about this, especially seeing as how he's right there in Northeast Florida, which is home to more than a few Miami Hurricane fans and also some ACC fans in general is accessibility to the broadcast tonight. That's an ACC network broadcast with UAB and Miami. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll get Brent's thoughts on that. You obviously have NBA playoffs sort of. This is where all of it sort of comes into play, right? When you start trying to compact all of these different sports into these uh, dates and golf and NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, the NFL cranking up tonight with the Houston Texans traveling to the Kansas City Chiefs, and you got to find networks, and there's plenty of networks, and there's plenty of platforms within these networks in which they can kind of shovel around and dish around the, the content, but that's what you're seeing now with all of these different sports coming together. So you'll have UAB Miami on the ACC network, and we'll talk with Brent about that coming up a little bit later as well. You know, you do have, again, the NFL cranking up tonight, 7.20 kickoff there at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Deshaun Watson versus Patrick Mahomes, marquee 
quarterback battle there in that one. Uh, that's a nine-point line at last check. The Chiefs laying nine at home. Expected crowd there in KC of somewhere in the neighborhood of 16,000. That's going to be a little different for a little lifter in the National Football League. It'll be interesting to see from a TV perspective how that game is sort of presented. You know, tarps, what are we going to do? How are we going to try to fill it in? Crowd noise, things like that. But you will have NFL football kicking off tonight there. And, of course, that brings out Fantasy Football League guy, right? Fantasy Football League guy and or gal. Everybody's got to let you know about their team. I am participating in a Fantasy Football League. You know, 15 years ago, I'd have told you that would never happen. I am doing that. I am not very good at the fantasy football because I just don't have enough passion for it. I'm not like Joe Gaither. A lot of these folks, man, they're all in, and I get it. I can see why it can be addictive, but I just don't put the effort into it. And as a result, we had our fantasy football league draft on Sunday of this past weekend, and my draft grade, I got my draft grade (laughs) report card back and I got a solid D you know which back in the academic days I would take that and run I didn't work much on a grade scale back in the day if you can't tell I was pretty much pass fail guy right and D was passing so look a D's a passing grade for my draft I went young I'm building for the future with my fantasy football league team I did get Mark Ingram I did draft Mark Ingram former Alabama Heisman Trophy winner now, of course, to the Baltimore Ravens. I've got O.J. Howard. He's one of my tight ends. I'm big tight end guy. I've got three tight ends. I was informed in my report card for the Fantasy Football League draft that that was not a wise move to take three tight ends in the draft. But I got three. O.J. Howard among them. O.J. Howard listed as a co-starter, along with Rob Gronkowski down there in Tampa Bay with, uh, with Tom Brady in the Bucks. So I've got some Bama flavor on the old club. I took the Pittsburgh defense, so I've got some Minka Fitzpatrick involved there on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm a big underdog, put it that way, in week one. Yahoo Fantasy Sports doesn't like my chances in week one, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, Some other things we want to talk about on the program today with you. How about the Atlanta Braves? Speaking of football scores, how about the Braves? (laughs) Last night, 29 runs in a 20-run win over the Marlins. Adam Duvall, not Bob Horner, not Hank Aaron, not Eddie Matthews, not Dale Murphy, not even Larry Wayne Chipper Jones. Adam Duvall, the first Braves player in franchise history with multiple three home run games. And he did it basically within a week's time. Hey, Adam, maybe spread them out a little bit. What do you think? I mean, look, you're never going to say no to three home run games. I get that. But it would be nice, you know, maybe just to sprinkle them around. Don't use them all up, I guess is what I'm saying, in a 20-run win. But uh, hell of a performance by Adam Duvall last night. And the Braves in general, seven home runs. 29 runs, the most by a National League team in the modern era of baseball since 1900 I believe was it the Rangers that scored 30 a few years back in the American League yeah 29 runs for the Braves and really that's the way the Braves are gonna have to do it I'm not saying the Braves are gonna have to score 29 runs a night but you know what that felt like last night that felt like mid-90s SEC baseball didn't it gorilla ball you know when you had the ultra hot bats Maybe the supplements were a little bit in question. Um, That's what that looked like last night. That looked like LSU Alabama in 97 at the Old Joe over off Bryant Drive. That's what that looked like. Bombs. Lots of runs. So the Braves get it done. Look, if you're going to score 29 a night, you can just bring back Charlie Culberson and make him a a pitcher. Let Charlie Culberson just pitch full-time if you're going to produce at the plate like that. But a hell of a outburst from the Atlanta Braves last night. Much needed. Needed to get off that little bit of a snide there here in the last uh, four or five days. So the Braves get that done last night. Uh, we talked a little bit about the NBA playoffs. and You talk about a game. 
You know, it was sushi night last night, and we were also celebrating a birthday in Casa de Ryer. So we're upstairs at the sushi haunt, and they've got that game six on with the Raptors and the Celtics, and it's just off to the left. We're sitting at what I call the Herb Street table up there at the sushi haunt. Because when you go to this place, if you go up there into the sushi area, uh, time to time, if ESPN is in town, you'll catch uh, you'll catch Herb Street and the boys sitting up there. It's kind of their little special spot. But they had the Raptors and the Celtics on, and what a game, man. Double overtime. And what else can you say about the Raptors? I mean, this is post-Kawhi Leonard here. And taking the C's to a Game 7 now after that win last night. Just keep winning. Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Sykem, Mark Gasol. You know, the Raptors are sort of that retro Eastern Conference team. Tough. Just a tough basketball team. Skilled, too. But Lowry takes the elbow last night in the first half, has to get stitched up, and still ends up dropping 33 points in 53 minutes of action. And these NBA coaches, you know, they toil for the most part in anonymity. But Nick Nurse of the Raptors, this dude can really coach. Brad Stevens of the Celtics between his work at Butler and now in the NBA, widely hailed for his acumen. And I get it, really good coach in his own right. But if Nick Nurse gets this Toronto team back to the NBA Finals, wow. And so now you've got a Game 7 set for tomorrow night. Between the Raptors and the Celtics, that game's going to tip at 8 p.m. Central Time. Hey, you know what else today signifies? On this day, nine years ago, the Alabama Crimson Tide traveled to State College, Pennsylvania, to take on Joe Paterno and the Penn State Nittany Lions nine years ago today, back when the Big Ten actually played football in the fall. You remember that? It's been a while. Yeah, Big Ten actually used to play football in the fall. But, uh, yeah, that Alabama team with Trent Richardson really made the decision at that point to go with A.J. McCarron at quarterback. Remember, you had that sort of competition there with A.J. and Phillip Sims went into that, it was a week two game in 2011, and went with A.J. exclusively. He obviously had that defense in 2011. But uh, nine years ago today, they fly by, don't they? That was a pretty fun trip. That's not the easiest trip, okay, to State College. At least it wasn't in 2011. I think we flew into Baltimore. We flew into BWI, actually. Uh, drove over to Harrisburg the state capitol, we posted up in Harrisburg for the weekend, and then we did the there and back into State College. A beautiful drive up there. Beautiful drive. But I got the feeling, to me, State College was like a bigger Mississippi state. You know, very isolated up there. Make their own cheeses and ice cream. Really good stuff. A few more national championships, I guess, at Penn State than Mississippi State. But as far as college towns go, Starkville, I said it before, man. Starkville's come a ways. You're not going to get me to bang on Starkville. You're just not going to do it. If you are, if you're going to try to, it's because you haven't been over there in a while. The Cotton District, a lot of that stuff, it's come a long ways over there in Stark Vegas. Hey, we're going to head to a break. When we come back, it's going to be time to talk with Brent Beard. Right here on a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. This a partially sunny afternoon, the chance of a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today 90, tonight's low 72. Tomorrow and Saturday, partly sunny both days with scattered afternoon and evening thunderstorms. Highs ranging from 87 to 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app.
This is a coordinated monthly test of the broadcast stations of your area. We are testing equipment that can quickly warn you during emergencies. If this had been an actual emergency, an official message would have followed the alert tone. This concludes this test of the emergency alert system. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and even though, Trav, admittedly, that a lot of these games aren't great games, I mean, just to have... Uh, Kansas State, Oklahoma, West Virginia, uh, Miami, FSU, North Carolina. Just, just to have those teams in action, uh, it, just, it whets our appetite for a little bit more, does it not? It does. And the appetite of some Miami fans, ACC fans in general, I guess, down in your neck of the woods, will not be satisfied tonight, apparently. Brent was telling me before oh. we went on today that, in Jacksonville, Florida, if you are a subscriber to Comcast there in the area, Brent, you can't get the ACC network, which is the provider, the, the, the network that's going to air UAB in Miami tonight. You can't get the ACC network in Florida State territory? Uh, I, I called Comcast to, uh, uh, to basically order the package uh, and, 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 and was told... Uh, well, sir, we'd love to be able to accommodate you with that, but there hasn't been a contract signed uh, between Comcast and the ACC Network. And, and Trav, the ACC Network, just they just celebrated their one-year anniversary this summer, and, and we still don't have that figured out yet. What in the world? Again, all the Florida State fans in Northeast Florida, and if you have Comcast, you can't get the ACC network. That's just crazy to me. And look, yeah. if you know that area, it's sort of a melting pot of fan yeah. bases. Yes, right. Florida right. State, Florida lead the way, but you got a lot of Georgia, you got a lot of Georgia Tech, you got a lot of Clemson, South Carolina. Um, it, it's sort of in that location where it draws and attracts a, a lot of different alums and fans of the different schools. So, yeah, I mean, Brent, could you imagine? calling Comcast <laughs> in Northeast Florida and saying, yeah. I would like to order the SEC network and getting that kind of answer. Yeah. The SEC yeah. network, I guess that tells us though, that, you know, the pecking order is very much still defined down there when it comes to uh, conference and fan bases. Oh, oh yeah. There's no doubt about that. And you mentioned the fan bases, uh, as you know, people listening would be surprised. There are a lot of North Carolina fans down here, uh, in, in NC States, I mean, you just go through the ledger. But look, I and I think Miami will will win. But but look, Trev, the way Miami has played, Manny Diaz, and this is Rhett Lashley, the former Auburn offensive coordinator, I guess a name only, who now is the offensive coordinator coordinator at Miami. Uh, I mean, look, I, I understand that the the uh, uh, that the Chiefs are playing tonight, NFL starting. I get that, but. Uh, there should at least be an alternative here, and people will be able to watch this game. This game should have been on ESPN2 or uh, uh, CBS Sports Network or something of that nature. So uh, it's a disappointment down here, no question. Yeah, I guess the conference affiliation, though, with Miami and it being the Hurricanes' home game, and then, of course, you've got the uh, season opener for, for the NFL football. Um, so that kind of played into it, I'm sure, as well. But, uh, yeah, I guess with Lashley in there now as the offensive coordinator, it's kind of Manny Diaz is recycling the Iron Bowl coordinator, yeah. I guess we could say. Yeah. Dan Enos, that obviously <laughs> did not go well last year. No. Uh, and now you come with Rhett Lashley. And, you know, I've had some people try to sell me on Miami in year two of Manny Diaz. And I just have the traumatic type of recollection of those games, well, the last time we saw Miami, yes. we shut out 14 to nothing by Louisiana Tech in Shreveport. That's right. 
And then, of course, the performance against FIU last year. I, I, I'm just not there where I can buy Manny Diaz and Miami at this point in any form or fashion, Brent. Uh, the, the only hope I think they've got right now uh, is Derek King at quarterback uh, who transferred from Houston. Uh, and, and look, I know they I know they made a big deal. This is basically the uh, the, the headline in the sports section for the Miami Herald was De- uh, Derek King throws six touchdowns in a scrimmage. Now, uh, Trev, after losing the linebackers they did, including Shaq Quarterman, uh, I don't know how difficult that would have been and probably against the second-team defense. But, but, but listen, this is a uh, – Trev, this is a crucial year for Manny Diaz. Uh, I mean, they've, they've got to show some improvement, don't they? And even in this COVID situation where a lot of coaches, if they're 6-6 six and six and 5-7, and seven, may keep their job, uh, look for the, uh, for the morale, for the, uh, uh, any improvement in that program. It starts tonight. Yeah, if we thought there was going to be a pause in the coaching carousel because of the current situation with COVID-19, Ask Jay Hobson yeah, of USM yeah, about that. Absolutely. Now, look, USM, obviously, from a financial standpoint, really in sort of a purgatory position, as I've referred to it, because right. can't pay enough to really attract quality head coaching candidates uh, unless it's guys that have already been there and have sort of slidden, slid back down, like a Hugh Freeze, a USM yeah. graduate. So that would right. make some sense. and. You know, maybe Hugh would be willing to uh, sort of accept the the financial aspect of that uh, to try to bounce back to a head coaching job, maybe in the Southeastern Conference or the Big 12, something like that. But, you know, even coordinators now, you know, there was a time when you could go to, say, even a Pete Golding and say, look, here's the job. But if you're talking about guys that are making a million and a half per or more now, like you are. Yeah, you're talking about taking a 60 percent, 70 percent pay cut, maybe to be the head coach at Southern Mississippi. That's that's hard to stomach right now if you're a a power five coordinator of of some note. So Uh, we. uh, Well, and listen, the thing that that I was told yesterday and help me on this, if you've heard something different, that trail basically that job pays five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, they're going to have to get. And the the tough thing is, where's the money going to come from, especially yeah. right now? Yeah. Like I said, it's it's uh, it's a tough spot for for programs like USM. Again, you've got to almost count on guys that have been to the, the elite type Power Five level uh, trying to bounce back. Uh, well, yeah, coming it, in for a year or two. Uh, well, and listen, but uh, for your listeners, the, the Southern Miss. And I know a lot of them do played Bama on a regular basis for years. And look, Brett, Brett Favre and Curly Holman come in uh, in 1990 after Brett Favre had been in a, an automobile accident. And frankly, Travis almost lost his life. Three weeks later, he leads an upset over Alabama. And and and, uh, and also, Trav, I remember. Reggie Collier with Southern Miss tying Coach Bryant one year. So, uh, look, there there certainly has been a little bit of history and tradition with Southern Miss. Well, 1989, right where you're at, the old Gator Bowl. I was That's there. right. Yeah. Brett Favre and Southern Miss went in there and knocked off second-ranked Florida State right oh, yeah. there in Jacksonville on a brutally, oh. brutally hot day. It was 150 degrees oh, when it trail. Man. You know, we all have those – hottest games we've ever attended yeah, right well, growing up in the state of florida and, and spending a lot of time in that state and i've been to some hot ones here too uh you know gene stallings first year in 90 when florida came up here oh, oh, played I, on the rug that i was, was there was yes. here at the time yes that was one of those tbs 11 30 kickoffs whatever it was 11 a.m kickoffs that was brutal but florida alabama in 86 at Florida Field when yes. UF had the rug. That was hot. Uh, and then that game at the old Gator Bowl, and that was on natural grass, not a rug, but still. Uh, but you're right. I mean, that's the USM 
of you and and me in terms of yes. our formative football years. That's what we grew up on. That's what That's right. you know the Absolutely. base basically was for for USM, and it seems a long way away from that right now. We're talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News on a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports. And Brent, as we inch closer to the start of a Southeastern Conference season. Uh, what are some of the things you're picking up from around the league of note? And I, I guess it's uh, about attrition. It's about opt-outs that we've seen at some of the premier programs within the league. What are you hearing maybe in that regards to how places like Georgia are moving on from Jamie Newman at quarterback and you know what LSU continues to seemingly endure? We saw just here in the last couple of days the indefinite Suspension of what appeared to be a down the the depth chart option on the defensive side of the ball, but it just seems like it keeps coming in waves there at Coach O and in the LSU Tigers. Yeah, the the thing I was told uh, a few days ago was in uh, the as far as the Georgia quarterback situation is concerned, in Jamie Newman's last scrimmage, that Trav he was terrible uh, through multiple interceptions, uh, a, a lot about. That he that J T Daniels when he gets cleared probably is going to win that job and again um, I mean they've got obviously uh, uh, skill position guys that have still got to step up uh, at this point uh, and I think they probably will and by the way Trey McKitty uh, the the transfer from Florida State people forget about him but he transferred to Georgia uh, he had a minor procedure on his knee. Uh, but but still, the LSU situation is what gets people's attention. Trev, I, uh, listen, I, I've got a decent amount of respect for Tim Brando, but Tim came out with his top ten uh, uh, this week, and it's got LSU number four. Uh, I, uh, listen, uh, Trev, you can't lose the amount of people that they've lost. I know they've recruited well. I know they've got good coaches. I get the talent. In, in situations like that, and again, they suspended Ray Parker this week. They got Darren Evans, a nickel state transfer coming in. But look, you you and I have looked at depth charts our whole life in sports, and and, and that can tell you something. And right now, uh, it, it that tells me LSU's headed for three or four losses at this point. Yeah, for Tim, after all of that, to go ahead and still put LSU at four. Not in the SEC West, but in the country. Yeah, yeah. You, you might have to spell it B R A N D E A U X. Oh my! With an O, um, because I, I can't see that. You know, no. and that's with no. and that's understanding. Is you know, there, there's a, there's still a lot of talent um, down in Baton Rouge, but man, just the the football experience that you're having to replace. And you know, there was a time in this off season early on where. You saw a guy like Jabril Cox transfer yeah, in as yes. a grad transfer from North Dakota State, and you thought, wow, LSU had some losses, certainly at the linebacker level, but you're going to get this guy from the FCS level, really good player in Jabril Cox. So there was actually a time where you felt like LSU was going to be in reload mode yes. because there was still going to be enough pieces offensively around Miles Brennan. And right. you, know, you figured the offensive line development would be okay down there with the, the absences that you were going to incur. But you know, five, six months later, it's hard to feel that way at all. You know, no, it, it, absolutely. The, the optimism has basically gone out the window. And look, even in week one with Mississippi State coming in there with Mike Leach now, as we've talked about, you're going to have a reason to watch that game. Yeah. In addition There's to no being the defending national champions against Mike Leach in his SEC debut. Well, and, and see the other thing, and I know this is a this is one of those intangibles, but I think for this year it's important. And I'm not, I, I, you know, and I'm not spreading rumors and making a, a bigger deal out of this than it is. But they've got some problems, Trav, in that locker room, uh, and, and I, I don't. I don't think that can be ignored right now with them, and I'm sure they will do all they can to straighten that out. But 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 the problem is, uh, when and this is something you and I've talked about for years, when you lose a lot of the a lot of that veteran leadership that they had, and, and you've got such a young team that's coming back, uh, Trav, any issues that come up, 
can, can be magnified a whole lot worse than they probably need to be. You're right. Where's the leadership at? And you know that they were counting on LSU was uh, was counting on Jamar Chase to provide some of that right. because right. he had essentially been tabbed a team captain. Sure. He had been handed the number seven jersey now that carries with it some prestige um, in, in, in years to come. So uh, all of that leaves as well. It's a good point uh, when you talk about this this LSU team moving forward. You know, up here, Brent, and we talk about quarterback transition at places like Georgia and Mississippi State and, uh, of course, LSU, as you know, going through one right here in Tuscaloosa. And Mac Jones seems to be very much in command of that number one designation at this point. What do you hear down there in his hometown? Is there a lot of talk about Mac Jones and no. the, the very real likelihood that he is the next starting quarterback up here at, at arguably the top program in all of college football? I, th- I think what's growing down here is a fact of uh, is that Mac stayed the course uh, when maybe he could have left early on uh, w- with the numbers and the talent in front of him, but but that he stayed, he's gotten better, uh, and that he is. Uh, it, it, listen, it, it's amazing how things change from one year to the next. Now you're talking about a, a, a uh, that that Max got uh, one of the better arms and certainly the experience. And and I, I know people get tired of us saying this, but though that coaching staff trust him. Uh, and and with Nick Saban, that is uh, crucially important uh, in, in this. So try out, now, now look, there's still a lot of people that will go when they name the quarterbacks in the league. Oh yeah, I forgot about Mac, uh, but uh, but his the respect for him, I think, has grown uh, tremendously uh, just within the last year. You know, it's interesting because he is from right there in that area, and you talk about Mac Jones staying the course. Hell, he even had to stay the course at Bowles. He know, did. He was in high That's school. Right. I, I think people probably imagine a scenario where Mac was one of these four-year starters we see at the varsity yeah. level so much right. now with these prodigal quarterbacks that are developed so early and accelerated in terms of their development. That wasn't the case even at Bowles for Mac. You know, so I guess in some ways that's probably helped him because uh, uh, yeah. the situation at Alabama – in terms of being the sort of developmental guy, it wasn't new to him, uh, even when you think back to his high school days. Uh, well, and, and listen, you know this better uh, and well as anybody. If you stay the course with Corky Rogers uh, and, and you don't leave early, uh, you, your maturity level uh, will be uh, uh, improved greatly. Uh, and you will learn what it is to be a p- part of a team. You'll learn what it is when things are going rough that that you can hang in there and, and it will benefit you. And, and listen, I, I, Trev, I have no doubt that part of Mac's situation at, uh, at Alabama and what's kept him hanging in there, uh, I think a lot of that got developed in Jacksonville with Corky, did it not? Yeah, well, and then you transition from one of the all-time greats in coaching, period. I, I'm not just going to say high school football with the late yeah. Corky Rogers. Right. Corky was just great. It didn't matter if it was Pop Warner, middle school, JV, freshman, high school, college, pro. Corky Rogers was that good of a coach. But then you transition to a place with a guy like Nick Saban, and it, it, it it's probably seamless in a lot of ways, I yeah. think. You know, I think so, too. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I think there's a lot of guys that go from high school programs where they are coached by really great people, really great coaches. They go on to the college level and they are a little stunned that there's a drop off yeah. in coaching because yeah. the perception is, well, this guy's a college coach. He right. has to be a right. better coach than where I'm coming from. They get to these next levels, and in some cases, it's even the junior college level to the four-year level in any sport. And it becomes clear pretty quickly that this guy, this gal, isn't half the coach of who I had in high school or JC. And uh, that can be a a bit of a a struggle at at times as well. Hey, Brent, um, we've talked about COVID-19 so much in the run-up to this season uh, we've talked about it some on the program. Uh, you almost have to because it's basically become a part of the injury report 
you know, you talk about, we talk about guys with, you talk about Trey McKitty having a procedure performed the tight end for Georgia. Um, but it's almost like a stock report. It feels like, you know, yeah. who's up, who's down. Right. Um, and, and you try to get a feel for maybe situations that are, or have been more manageable or, you know, they've weathered it a little bit, but then you don't know what's around the corner with this stuff. Um, it seems like Tennessee, though, here in the last three or four days has been more prominent in terms of uh, discussion about uh, how Jeremy Pruitt's team, I guess, has been impacted by this stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and by the way, uh, uh, we uh, along that line, we also should say Lincoln Riley uh, planting the flag this week, Trav. <laughs> <laughs> but that won't be the report out of Oklahoma Lincoln, either. Lincoln, <laughs> Lincoln only said what all the other coaches are Sure. Sure, so, absolutely. I mean, yeah. You think Lincoln Riley's the only guy that's going to keep mm. that stuff in his back pocket? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, well, it, but as far as Tennessee is concerned, they they have. Uh, uh, I heard a Tennessee beat writer yesterday make the point. He said they yes they've had some problems and and, and they've had but he said the the wisdom of not starting the season until late September really is going to help them at this point. And he still says that their offensive and defensive lines are good enough now to where that's really going to uh, uh, be able to help them uh, to weather this storm. And, and Trev, I think we've said for a while, uh, having that additional time, uh, still not playing for 16 days, is going to help Tennessee, and, and and frankly, it's got guys like Trey Smith, uh, uh, maybe the best offensive lineman in the league, a lot a lot healthier. And again, I'm not going to say Tennessee's going to win the East, or they're going to upset somebody along the way. They very well might. Uh, I, they've still got to figure out the quarterback situation. But their beat writer said yesterday that this extra time has helped them to navigate through this COVID situation. You know who might be navigating this better than we anticipated is the ticket man. Because <laughs> if you already look at some secondary market prices, yeah. it's understanding supply is going to be difficult to come by. Right, but right. just looking at StubHub and some of these, again, brokerages, as they like to refer to themselves <laughs> more as. Yeah. Um, Alabama, Georgia, in excess of $600 a ticket. Yeah. Even, even Alabama, Missouri, I saw checking it out last night in excess of $400 a ticket for that game in Columbia on September the 26th makes me wonder what will ultimately a Florida Georgia ticket go for with limited capacity there in Jacksonville. I mean, it, it's great. I mean, look again, it's, it's tougher to come by tickets. That's supply and demand in effect here. Um, but the, the ticket man, I guess what I'm saying is he may not need a lot of touches, (laughs) <laughs> this year to get his numbers, you know. If if the ticket yeah. man was a yeah. wide receiver, he, he he may not need 80 catches to get to a thousand yards. Ticket man may get a thousand yards on 20 catches. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, uh, if anybody can be innovative, uh, it would be the ticket man. Uh, and, and we'll see that. And Trav, I've already heard, I've already had people tell me, look. Uh, I may not have a ticket, but I'm going down to that game, and I'm going to get in there somehow. So uh, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a challenge for some of them too. But but listen, I well, one thing I wanted to also mention real quick, Trev, uh, Trev what is, what is Will going to do at South Carolina? They've lost yeah. or, or Trey Smith out wide receiver, Marshawn Lloyd. That freshman outstanding running back tore his ACL. Uh, I, I mean, still uh, with uh, uh, Trev, if they're if they're five and five, uh, uh, it, uh, does COVID give Ray Tanner uh, a, an excuse to give Will another year? Such a big number, man, with that buyout as we talked about. It really, it really um, is. <laughs> and in these times, it it, it it could be the the sort of Teflon. You know, that yeah. keeps just about yeah. anything yeah. sticking to Will, but you talk about a you talk about a defining opener in terms of what no fan expectations are for two teams going yes. into a season. Yeah. Tennessee coming off that great finish to the two thousand nineteen season, 
reeling off several wins in a row, winning the bowl game there in Jacksonville against Indiana. And then what SC fans, based on the money, are going to be expecting of Will Muschamp right. uh, at this point in his tenure. That opener in Columbia on the night of September the 26th, it's, it's going to reveal a lot. I'm thinking for those two programs. Uh, well, well, there's no question about that. I, I, listen, I think I think that game and that Kentucky Auburn game, yeah. uh, uh, Trav. Uh, I, I don't know if people thought about this much, but uh, would it shock you if, uh, with Georgia next if Auburn starts out 0 and 2? No, it wouldn't. I, you know, and here's what the you tell me. I, I think the first week or so of this season, these last two weekends. Based on sort of the shockingly disparate, uh, the, 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 the difference in um, preparedness that we've yeah. seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my. I, I'm going to be prepared for anything. I, yeah. I don't know if in the first couple of weeks of the season, unless it involves like Arkansas, Vanderbilt. Right. right. Um, I don't know if there is such a thing as a huge upset. Like yeah. even Florida going to Ole Miss, a game sure. like that. Um, you know, I, I think Alabama's clearly better than Missouri. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be ready for anything in the first couple of weeks of SEC play based on what I've seen from around college football through the first, again, you know, week and a half or so. I, I, I think uh, I, I think Florida will be okay simply because Trask, uh, I think, gives them a pretty steady hand, uh, and, and their defense may be better. But, but again, Trav, you never know what uh, – now, I I say this, if Lane's calling plays and they've got to go 80 yards to win the game with uh, with three minutes um, uh, behind Plumlee or something like that, uh, I would be a little nervous if I was a Gator fan in a situation like that. But, but Trav, can can anybody be as – be as less prepared as Navy was for that BYU game on on national television on Monday night? Well, the, 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 what was so strange about that was you expect this sort of evenness between the academies, right? Yeah, yeah. They, may not, they might not win each and every week. They don't. But in terms of preparedness and you know, fundamentals and taking care of the little things and all that type of stuff, you sort of expect that out of Air Force, Army, Navy each and every week. And to see Army look the way it did, <laughs> yeah. albeit yeah. a lesser opponent in Middle Tennessee than BYU. BYU, I think, a much, much better team than, yeah. than MTSU. But still, you know, to see Navy that bad, just in the, the fundamental aspects, and I guess, you know, when you don't block and tackle yeah. in the preseason, right. that can right. that can prove to to be a problem. Well, Brent, it's never a problem when we have you on the program. It's always great, and we always appreciate you joining us here on the show. We've got some college football this weekend, the ACC, as we talked about, Duke at Notre Dame. Uh, you've got it right there in Tallahassee. Oh, yeah. With Georgia Tech uh, ushering in the Mike Norvell. You think Mike Norvell's happy to get to a football game after uh, his offseason? Uh, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit real quick that he has weathered a couple of uh, – Twitter storms uh, with this players, uh, shall we say? And, and look, uh, Trav, they they uh, they're not going to win the league, but but they may be they may be a bit better than we think they will be. Uh, uh, they they've got some talent. I'll be fascinated to see if he's able to put it together. Yeah, the offensive line and quarterback play. Yes, those are the yes. two things that uh, have been a real bugaboo since yes. really Jimbo's last year there in Tallahassee, and it certainly carried over into the cameo from Willie Taggart there in Tallahassee, and we'll see how it cranks up. Those were actually two things for Norvell at Memphis that were really good. You know, he, he, he got really good quarterback play, and with his offensive line, with Ryan Silverfield, now the head coach at Memphis, uh, working with that group up there, they were really good running the football as well, so we'll see. Brent, as always, we appreciate the time, my friend. Always, brother. Look forward to next week. Take care. There he goes. Brent Beard, College Sports Today and First Coast News. Back with more of a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. 
You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back with more of a Thursday edition of Southern Pride Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Houston Hydrostein, 205-553-9460. That's the number to call. If you need to take care of those carpets, those rugs, the upholstery, the tile, the grout cleaning, you name it, maybe you've had some water damage that you need taken care of. They can do that for you as well at Houston Hydrostein, 205-553-9460. Houston Hydrostein, home of the Houston Flooring Revival. Trust me, that's a very real thing. You need to enlist the services of Houston Hydrosteam right now. Houston Hydrosteam, quality work you can stand on. Busy, busy weekend for former Alabama golfers on the various professional tours once again. I know we're all sort of looking ahead to next week's U.S. Open there at famed Winged Foot Golf Club. But again, you look at Alabama Men's and women's golf alums, they're all over the place. Literally across the country uh, this week, you go to the Safeway Open. As we talked about with Matt Hughes earlier in the week, the 2020-21 PGA Tour season actually kicks off today at the Silverado Resort and Spa North out in Napa, California. Not a bad place to get it going, huh? With the Safeway Open, you've got Bud Cauley, and also Robbie Shelton making up your Alabama contingent uh, in that event this weekend. That's a again, that's a West Coast event. So you're going to have some prime time golf on the cable as we move throughout the weekend. Both Saturday and Sunday, your final two rounds of that event going to go at from five to eight p.m. on Golf Channel. Now today, Bud Cauley set to go off the first tee at three o'clock Central. Robbie Shelton shortly thereafter. At 3:20, but what we're learning this morning is that because of uh, visibility issues, again, you've got those awful fires out there in the state of California, as we know. Did you see the surreal images from San Francisco yesterday? By the way, looked like a nuclear winter had settled in because of the smoke out of the sun out there. Just uh, absolutely bizarre. But uh, they plan to still get this thing in out there in Napa. Uh, you've got a one-hour delay at last check, so expect Bud Cauley and Robbie Shelton to hopefully get their rounds in at some point later in the afternoon, and hopefully they'll get their first rounds in in their entirety on this Thursday. Now, you've got a major championship on the LPGA Tour this week, the second in as many events for the LPGA, and it's the ANA Inspiration out there at Mission Hills Country Club in Rancho Mirage, California, Heavy, heavy Alabama representation out there starting today. Emma Talley going off this morning at 924 Central. You got Cheyenne Knight going off at 942. Uh, Kristen Gilman at 1027 this morning. And then Stephanie Meadow will go this afternoon at 224. Again, that's the ANA inspiration. Alabama All-Americans, when you talk about Talley, Knight, Gilman and Meadow, some outstanding players in that group. And then on the Corn Ferry Tour, a couple of soon-to-be full-time PGA Tour players in Lee Hodges and Davis Riley in that field at the Evan Scholars Invitational Chicago Highlands Club up there in the Chicago area, Westchester, Illinois, to be exact. Also, Trey Mullinex uh, filling out that trio of Crimson Tide alums. Trey was uh, off early this morning, uh, as was Lee Hodges, uh, Davis Riley as well. So all three of the Alabama players this morning in that morning wave there 
on the corn ferry tour. They'll go morning, they'll go early, late in those waves in the first couple of days. So uh, interesting to keep up with uh, that trio as well on the corn ferry tour. Again, a couple of guys in Hodges and Riley that have already secured their status uh, for the PGA Tour uh, in this next year. So we're going to step aside to another break. When we come back. We'll put a wrap on a Thursday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. A partially sunny afternoon, the chance of a few isolated showers through the evening hours. The high today, 90. Tonight's low, 72. Tomorrow and Saturday, partly sunny both days with scattered afternoon and evening thunderstorms. Highs ranging from 87 to 90. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Let's put a wrap on this thing on a football Thursday. Southern Fried Sports. Tide 100.9 FM. Big weekend of high school football coming up as well. You're going to want to keep it locked right here to Tide 100.9 FM for continuing coverage of all things prep football. You know we always have a big Friday evening lineup for you here on the station. We deploy the troops to give you coverage of those high school games on Friday nights. I think we even have a little bit of Thursday night action this week. The show today, by the way, brought to you in part by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning, Yashika Barnes. Outstanding service from her and her crew, whether it's your home, whether it's your office, give her a call right now at 205-886-3616. 20 years of quality cleaning experience when you deal with Yashika and Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. That's going to do it for a Thursday edition of the program. Time for the lunch whistle on this Thursday. How about Heat Pizza Bar? That sounds good. Barreling into a weekend, doesn't it? Always have those nightly specials for you there at Heat Pizza Bar. Downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Outstanding folks. Outstanding pizza. They've got some secret weapons there, too, when it comes to the salads and appetizers. So don't forget about that part of the deal as well. When you're talking about Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. For Joe Gaither and the rest of the crew there at Tide 100.9 FM until 11 a.m. on Friday morning. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. Thank you for 